Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the latest episode of the Everton Fan Focus podcast with Mark Finnegan and Mark Ellis. Hello. How are you, lads? I'm fine, mate. Well, better than fine, mate, to be honest, on cloud nine, I think, at that range as well. Uh, with, that, with that win, absolutely fantastic, mate, wasn't it? Have you stopped dancing? No, still not. I'm still... I'm sort of mastering dancing and talking at the same time, mate, whilst drifting in the living room right now. Forget about the wallpaper. No, it's awesome, mate. I'm what buzzing. a fantastic result that was tonight, yeah. though, Mark. Brilliant, I mean, wasn't it? Just we were slow to get going, but by all means, that second half and what we've just seen in the past, say, 35 to 40 minutes was just so elating, wasn't it? And so it's not, it's, it's, it's typical not to get too excited, really. We were so clinical, wasn't we? It's like, that's how good we can be, you know. It's just fantastic to see how good. When we turn it on, how devastating we can be. We're not an average team, are we? We, we just looked there after a bit of a shaky first half, like like the, you know one of the best teams in the league over over a twelve minute period. Ruthless, <laughs> absolutely clinical, mate. Cutthroat, deadly, and, and it personified the manager's approach to his the way he wants it to be. With that, you know, the way his, his whole approach has been. I thought that that second half personified him and what he said at our time again. Masterstroke substitutions. We'll, we'll, we'll look in, uh, at the game in a bit more detail um, uh, as we go on. Yeah. I mean, we've just obviously watched the game, so we're still on a massive high. <laughs> the cups of tea and biscuits soon turned into crisps and beer. Um, <laughs> we've gone hardcore. I think we were probably both excited going into it, wasn't we? Um, felt like we've waited probably three months or something for a game of football to watch Everton, even though... It's only been a fortnight, but that international break is always—it's a, it's a twat of a time. Let's be honest, isn't it? We all just getting excited for the new season, the way Everton are playing. They've got a bit of momentum, you know. We're going well under Cumin so far, and then stop. Everton stops the bank holiday, and then after that, it's the international break. And you do, with us playing on the Monday night as well, just feels like we've been waiting forever for this game. And I would—I would like to think, Don Mark, me, myself, and you definitely when we sat down before the game. Um, and other fans on social media and whatnot, 
all very positive going in, thinking we could get a result tonight. Absolutely, mate. You're right. It has been an absolute uh, mission of a weight for this game, and that's why I hate international football. For what it does, it just kills it completely. Any momentum that we have and stuff. But um, no, you're right. The confidence amongst the fans today on Twitter and all that. No one said we got beat. You know, and this is a team that we got beat 3-0 by last season. Different set circumstances completely. But it was like that. That there was a there was. We we do believe in this team as Evertonians. We definitely do. You know, we were all a bit there, all a bit gutted, all a bit disappointed. Nothing big happened on the transfer deadline day. But what we did seem to forget is that we signed some very very good players. You know, you go a long way to find a window where you'd sign so many accomplished players. Added to the fact now we've got a proper manager stood there with a proper team behind him. It's just we just I don't know. We're looking very good this season. I'm I'm so excited. Positivity <laughs> from Mark Ellis there. Are you sure? I thought you were you were on Twitter having a meltdown on deadline day, I was, yeah, but I've got to, I've got to sort of feed me audience. I can't just be positive all the time. I'm gonna lose three thousand people. You gotta enter, <laughs> yeah, gotta entertain the cranks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree though. I do think um I do think there was a lot of positivity with Evertonians going into it. There'd be no reason not to be positive, I don't think, going into that game tonight. Of course, what's happened in the transfer window is um, is it another conversation which yeah. we definitely need to discuss, don't we? Definitely. We'll get the you know we'll get the guns out and have a little uh, have a little <laughs> battle off over that. But obviously, we need to talk about the match first and foremost because it's what every Evertonian's probably dancing around the house or the coach or whatever to the Yannick Balassi song um, <laughs> at the moment. So it's the very relevant topic. But starting from the top. He named um, a, a different type of lineup. He obviously brought Seamus Coleman back in for Mason Holgate. Let's just start with that. Um, do you think I, that was harsh? I don't know. Yeah, initially my first reaction was I felt sorry for Holgate because he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but we don't know. We just don't. Obviously, with Marnes, I'd have probably jumped all over that and said it was a piss poor decision, weak management. But with Cuban, I've got faith that the guy can see the bigger picture more than the rest of us. He knows the score. He. Uh, he knows that the squad needs depth for, for the cup competitions and all that. So I don't know, but Coleman, you know, was, was one of the best right backs going. It doesn't stay to walk back into the team on that alone. But I don't know, we just don't see the bigger picture. But you know, certainly it's it's paid off, hasn't it? Coleman had a, had a good game. I was just gonna say he, he was probably one of the standout performers, Seamus Coleman. He came back in like he hadn't been out for a couple yeah. of weeks and um People probably before the team, you know, when the team was announced at seven o'clock, said, "Oh, can't believe the the bombs Holgate out." But it, it, I think it's almost certain that Mason Holgate's going to be in and around that start eleven for most of the season anyway. You know, he's going to be fighting toe to toe with Jagielka, Funes Mori, and Ashley Williams for a centre half place. Never mind Seamus Coleman at a right back right back place, isn't he? He's that good, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's going to be more competition for places. But you can't, you know, this, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, it's just, this is a game, Sunderland's not doing great, not got any sort of presence up front apart from Defoe and all that. It's a game where maybe he wanted to get Coleman back on the ball, get him back playing, because, you know, on his day, he's a valuable asset to the team, so you've got to reintroduce them at some point. So there's no way you can really win with the fans, because it's going to look like Holgate's just, Coleman's the number one, but maybe... I don't know, I've got more faith in Cumin than that. Martinez, yeah, I would have said weak management because but I think Cumin's done it for the right reasons today. And you know, let's let's we just watched us go joint seconds, so who's complaining? <laughs> I think I think Saturday Mark with the injuries Balassi and Lukaku have picked up their um 
and Seamus Coleman just coming back from injury. Yeah. We probably could see Mason Holgate in, in the side starting on Saturday against Middlesbrough. We could see Gerard Delafoe coming in to start instead of Balassi. These are the things he's obviously... I wouldn't say he's got his favourites, but he's come in and he's 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 identified who is probably his best eleven is. But he marked fifteen of the the players maybe and thought right these are the ones who are going to be in the reckoning. As we discussed before, the likes of Oviedo, the likes of Cleverly, uh, Aruna Kone, players like that, they're going to be sort of on the fringes. Even you know Romero Funes Mori, which yeah. is a major decision coming in. Um, it wasn't cheap. Yeah, no, for the Joe Robles, you know, the list goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. There's players there that we forget that are Aaron Lennon. Aaron Do you know Lennon, what I mean? goes on. The so, list. I think the decision behind that tonight is, I, I said to you during the game, I think that was Ronald Koeman's strongest eleven in his eyes yeah. at the moment. I, I, I definitely think Absolutely. that's where he started tonight. I, I, I think, yeah, he isn't Delafoe's biggest fan. He signed Balassi for a reason and... Although it took time to get going tonight, it definitely clicked, and you can see why we have signed him. But I do think that you know he's he's very he's very authoritative and forthright in his decision making and his squad selection. So it may yes. have raised a few eyebrows again tonight, but I've seen eyebrows raised and comments on Twitter and that before every game so far this season. And do you know what I mean? He's he's it's eventually come good so far, and look at the league position and where we are and the statistics so far. It's looking good. So. He came back in, Seamus Coleman. Yeah. He played um, Ashley Williams, Mark. Uh, yeah. Maury was on the bench. Yeah. Uh, it started with um, Gareth Barry in the middle, Ross Barkley just ahead, Kevin Morales, Balassi and, uh, yeah. and Lukaku up front. So, overall, and we were we were promising well, going we into looked, it, yeah. We looked competitive, didn't we? You know, when, when that team was announced, certainly. You know, it, looked, it did look like it was Cuban's strongest 11, or at least his favourite 11. You know what? What he prefers, he clearly doesn't rate Punis Mori, does he? Or or, or players certain the likes of Cleverly and all that. It's just nowhere near it, are they? But you know, I just thought that second half replicated, or or what's the word? Personif- was personif- was was Cuban personified? If you know what I mean. Just I thought that's that's the way he wants Everton to play. That's the way. You know, if you've got good players, but it's getting them to apply what he wants them to do. And I thought. Second half, we just right from the word go, just took a stranglehold of that game, and it was, you know, then that quality shone through. It's fantastic. Definitely did, and um, you know, before we get ahead of ourselves and <laughs> have a, a, I always a, do a guy party. Oh, mate. Talking about the second half, the first half there was chances for either side, weren't you? Let's be honest, it was pretty open. I thought we, you know, we we had the, the probably lion's share of possession. Yeah, um, but with Delaf- with I was going to say Delafoe with Defoe up front, they've always got a threat. Um, you know, Lukaku coming back into the side after international break, people were seeing what how he was going to respond. He certainly looked up for it, didn't he? Yeah, thought he linked up well with Ross Barkley early on. Morales was relatively quiet. Balassi fell over a few times, but he did get a few dangerous balls in. But the chances of note was um, I think it was after five or six minutes when Defoe blasted over. That was yeah. a real chance, wasn't it? Clean through. Well, it's just the ball just ended up. Coming to it, then six yards out, looked offside, but he wasn't, clearly, and yeah, blasted over, unlike Defoe, who's normally got ice in his veins in them positions, hasn't he? but, you know, thankfully, uh, thankfully he missed it, yeah. Following on from that, we had the Lukaku header, which was probably about five, ten minutes after that, 
Really good save by the Sunderland uh, rookie goalkeeper. He's I think he's third choice. Yeah. Um. It was a, it was a lovely ball over. That was Balassi, wasn't it? It was. I think. Yeah. In, and uh, Lukaku met the head. It couldn't have been any squeezer to be honest. It, anywhere else, and it's a goal. But the keeper got a, a strong hand to got, it and kept got, it out. Got too much of a good connection on it, maybe didn't he? You know, if he uh, if he glances, that's going in. But you know, terrific save from Pickford. who didn't have hardly any time to think about think about it, which is when goalkeepers tend to do. Their best work, isn't it? Instinctive. You've yeah. done well to remember his name. I did. I was I didn't thinking have a that. Clue. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I called him the Sunderland rookie goalkeeper. No professionalism here. There's, like, no, like more like there's no BBC man. squad list in front of us here. That's more like a police manhunt. You've just described the, the Sunderland rookie goalkeeper. Some redhead or something, he? Um, anyway. <laughs> Not long after that, Mark, uh, as I say, Ross Barkley chipped in from the left, didn't he? He played them, loves them little intricate passes into into Lukaku, who, who fought all all day long with uh, Lamine Kone, didn't he? Yeah, that sort of ball that... into feet, which. Let's be honest, Lukaku has not been one of his, his strong points since he joined Everton, you know, ball into feet, holding yeah, yeah. off tonight. He's usually running in or cutting in or latching on. Yeah. Whereas tonight he really did fit, show his physical presence and he got a shot off, but did you think it was a penalty? Really? I thought it was initially. It really did remind me of, of, of sort of... Keep still, off, keep still. Sorry, mate, I'm so You're fidgety. not tussling with Lamine Kone, you know, yourself. <laughs> I'm such a fidgety ass, honestly. I think it's because I know, but the sound, the sound affects the podcast. <laughs> Ridiculous. People are wondering why there's all these weird leather. Noises. Oh no, it's only me. There's nothing else going on. Um, Normally, Kaku showed for the ball, didn't he? Wanted it. He, 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 he wanted it tonight, and I thought that was that was good. He wasn't hiding. He wasn't like you know avoiding avoiding the ball at any cost. He was just he, he, you know it was a good battle, wasn't it? But I thought he got the better of Coney, to be honest. I think in the end, I thought it looked like it reminded me of not as dramatic, but the Lescott, you know, we all know the Lescott penalty that wasn't given against Liverpool. It was that type of challenge, wasn't it, where the defender was pulling him down, not as anywhere near blatant, but yeah, he'd done well to get the shot off, but I think falling down, he had no pace behind him, did he, you know, but it was good to. In that scenario, I think if he he swung the boot at that and, and missed it, because of the contact with the defender for coming back, it may have looked a bit more convincing, shall yeah. we say, for the penalty. But because he sort of rolled him, got up and well, half got up and got the shot off. I think you're right. If he'd have, if he'd have missed the ball, it, it looks more of a penalty than, mm. than he did get good contact on it, didn't he? You know? But it, it good. It was good to see the. Um, it was good to see Lukaku back involved. But, obviously, getting the chances. He he should have probably scored with the header five minutes before. And then that was you thought this is, is this hopefully a sign of things to come. But overall, the, the, the first half there was a, another shot from Morales that was cleared off the line. There was a looping effort late on in this in the half from yeah. uh, Sunderland, which had you know it had you probably looking to jump out the window there. <laughs> I'm trying to console you. <laughs> it, was, um, it looked like it was going in, didn't it? You had your Ken White out flags out the window saying <laughs> this is all because we never signed no player. <laughs> I was going to leave the Twitter comeback on, on Kenry. <laughs> you were uh, leading no, the match, yeah. I think um, there was a clear tactic there, though, for going back to the Lukaku, was to lay the ball into feet. Uh, how many times in the second half he done it? You know, it was just a clear tactic, you know, which is putting faith in Lukaku to do it as well, but he rose to it, done it well all night. He did, and I think, you know, when we retired for our Chris Butties and our beer at half time, we thought. <laughs> yeah. We thought, well, you know, we'll continue to create chances in the second half, but there was a few comments between me and you and probably every other Evertonian listened to this. 
oh, it's got one nil written all over it. Yeah. You know, when you think some little snipe for Sunderland's gonna score. And like we saw that lad warming up who come off the bench second half, you just think it's written in the script here, isn't it? Just to piss on our parade. We're all excited. We're all we've all missed Everton, you know, for a couple of weeks as they haven't played. We're all full of confidence. Yeah. And then we get beat one 0 by Sunderland by our former manager and you know let's Classic be honest, the very average uh, squad of players. Classic. It would have been classic Everton, but um, I think I think we're still we're still whether we like it or not. We are when we're watching games now, and we're, we're trying to have faith that we're going to see it out. We're still in therapy over Myers a little bit, aren't we? It's oh, not, are, yeah. We're not we're not over that period where where we've got confidence again that Everton. We just always assume we're we're going to mess up or we're going to oh it's, it's going to be classic. You know every. The minute you think you're going to win the league, then they always end up getting relegated. I'm still coming to terms with the fact that <laughs> he's he's had a ten million pound payoff, and I'm sitting here eating fucking ten p crisps. I know. Well, they were trying. I put my life through hell for two years. <laughs> now, what price to ruin weekends prolifically for hard-working people? You know, who, uh, who who's only joys to go to the game? The fellow who ruined pretty much every one of them weekends for the last two years ends up. Ends up richer than Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal that, but anyway, it was a, it was definitely an interesting game tonight in the second half when we sat down um, to try and you know catch up with the Cody stream. We uh, <laughs> we saw that That's Gerard Delo- yeah Gerard Delafoe had come off the bench, Mark. Which initial thoughts? Initial thoughts were Barkley injured, but he's gone bold. He's done like. He's, 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 he's seen maybe an area where he doesn't want to shut up shop, he wants to go for it. But no, no, no. It's come out. Well, I think it's come out, hasn't it? There, there, there wasn't anything wrong with Barkley. Well, there was no influence in the commentary or, or, or saying that he'd had an injury or anything. Apparently so. I mean, obviously, we don't know until Cumin's been questioned after the game, but on the face of it it just looks like a sheer tactical decision but is that because he thinks we're so dominant in the middle of the park with Idrissa and um, Barry. Gareth Barry yeah. should we take uh, Ross Barkley out of the equation and bring on even another more ex- outlet and he thinks the, way, the only way we're going to get behind these is if we get at them with, on the width do you know what I mean and yeah. it, it, he, he put Belasi left hand side didn't he and we were just looking at the replay of the third goal there where we just cut through Sunderland like a knife Barry and Barry and look at Barry and Guy there just passing it between them. See, look at this. Then Delafoe central and a yeah. one touch pass. That goal is amazing in itself. Actually, that was a that was a marvelous pass. That. I mean, um, look at the slow motion. Yeah. Barry there. I do apologise. We are uh, we're, we're doing a bit of live punditry. Yeah. Never mind Carragher and Neville. That is. You've got uh, Alison Fennell. <laughs> we haven't got no bloody touch screen though. No. no, we have. That, that that was just. I think I don't know what. Obviously, it's, if if it turns out that Ross Barkley wasn't injured, then it's it's turned out to be an absolute masterstroke either way, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Delafoe, come on! I don't think Delafoe had the best, you know, forty-five minutes he could have done. Um, he, he certainly had an impact, but it was the way we we lined up as an attacking quartet going forward. Garner and, and Barry were mopping Everton up, basically running the show. They were taking the ball and they were starting and breaking up Everton. But nothing really came at them from Sunderland second half. But they were releasing Balassi, they were releasing Delafoe, they were releasing Morales and Lukaku and getting the play going. And that 11 minute spell mark was unreal, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely unbelievable. But it was like, it wasn't unbelievable given the way we started the second half, which was just absolutely like putting a, a different, you know, 
wattage light bulb into the <laughs> if that makes any sense. We looked a completely different team. We looked, I mean, you're right, Dalafoe didn't have the greatest, but his, his presence on the pitch and what he offered, um, and, and the sort of, the balance of the team, we just looked far more dangerous straight away. Kerman has noticed again there that, that what we're lacking, identified it and changed it. There's no, there's no, there's no um, favouritism, there's no, it doesn't care who you are, if he thinks you're, you can come out the team for the better of the team, you will. It doesn't matter. You know, I, you can never see in a month of Sundays our ex-manager making that substitution at half time. It's, it's, it's a realistic approach and a cutthroat approach Yeah. that will probably upset players going forward, but ultimately it's, the, it's results that, that yeah. keep managers but, in a job and it's results that we want to see as Evertonians. So if he's making these decisions that are for the better of the team yeah. and, the, you know, they are, they are getting us results because... Look, it, it's happened against Spurs, West Brom, you know, the, the, we've had a handful of games this season without getting carried away, but if he continues to go, making these decisions and realising that maybe he started with the wrong formation or maybe he started with the wrong players or this and that, and he's, he's willing to change it even in the first half like he did against West Brom. Yeah. Don't forget it's that. Absolutely. Proactive. Yeah, I'm all for it myself. He's not afraid to stand on toes. He's proactive in his approach. You can see if he's made, his, made a mistake with the team like West Brom where we had no no um, presence up front at all he changed that quickly and, and the result changed accordingly but what, what I'm loving about Ronald Koeman he's made the step up now we're supposed to be this new Everton ambitious Everton a different Everton and I think Ronald Koeman is acutely aware of what's expected of him and I think that comes from the top now which, which, which hasn't been there the manager now is under, he knows he's under pressure to do well he's got because you know I'm hoping he's seen the vision. He wants to be part of it, so we know he's acutely aware. Is he? That's what's coming from Ronald Koeman. He's upped his own game. Mm-hmm. I think since he's come to Everton, absolutely. I think he's a perfect fit. We look now like a solid team with absolutely with with players going forward. There are a lot of clubs in that Premier League could die for. So maybe from being the sort of <laughs> na- nicey nicey, you know. Plucky, plucky, yeah, it's cliche, mm. but it's plucky little Everton sort of, you know, attitude towards us. Whereas, as you said um, earlier, you know, people will watch this on a Monday night because a lot of people do, whatever the Monday night game is. Yeah. And I think they saw that second half from a neutral perspective, a ruthless Everton side and an Everton side that mean business. And I think, yeah. as you said, it does come from the top and maybe with Mashiri's addition. Um, the changes at the top and in terms of squad developments, in terms of staff, um, it, it definitely is a, tra- a positive transitional. And the attitude itself, just you, you could see a vibrancy about us. And to me, I, I, you know, I look back on games and I, I think we did have a bit of that under Martinez at times. We did, yeah. Sometimes, like ruthless. Look, look at the Stoke game away last season, which was a. And a, a nice glimmer in a, in a woeful time but the first season under Martinez I thought we played with this vibrancy efficiency and a ruthlessness to go at teams and, and a, a fearlessness I, yeah but yeah. I do think with Koeman as a as a personality as a person uh, as a well known and well respected figure in football he's brought this authoritative is that yeah. even a word authoritarian approach yeah. to the club and with Mashiri's introduction on the board as well it, as you said, it goes from top to bottom and now the players are realising it because they're thinking, I'm not safe in this team. If I'm not cutting the mustard, I'll be out. I'll be bombed out. Do you know what I mean? It, 
It but doesn't matter whether you've just been signed or you've been here for eight years. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if he thinks you warrant a place in that starting eleven or squad, he'll put you in and he'll make the changes necessary for the better of Everton, which is what we all want as supporters. We've wanted for so long. You know, he's not afraid to stand on anyone's toes. Not afraid at all. He, you know, the, all right, we've, we've not got much cover behind Ron. Anna Valencia is probably the best now we've got. But apart from that, maybe. There's absolutely no one who's placed a guaranteed in that team, and it doesn't matter how much money he spends on you. And that's that's what's that's what's so exciting about it. We've got good players already. That's what people are forgetting from last season. We did have good players, badly managed, and they've got rid of that. Now we've got still got the good players, and now an excellent manager who's added three or four excellent players to that squad with a plan and 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 the belief. And now, so exciting tonight. There's there's now a momentum behind us now. So this turns into say another win Saturday. Things crossed, but don't fuck it. And 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 then all of a sudden we're sort of top second top after and we're entering September. And then this is how it started with Leicester. You just you know you get results, you end up staying up there, and then you get to Christmas and you're third, fourth, second. Even. This is how it starts. Tonight was a, a for me was a tone setter for the season. And now I you know I hope it don't look stupid and we go on lose about four out of the next five. But I think that result is the biggest of the season so far. It's always the next result, I know that. But I think that set that just puts us where we want to be. But Mark, there's no harm in being positive and excited about it. You know yeah. what I mean? We've had, we, you know, we, as Evertonians, we've all been through it, haven't we? You know, young and old, it doesn't matter. No. We, we, we want our team back up there and we're not saying for one minute that we're going to start qualifying for the Champions League or winning the league. But... I think Leicester have shown and other sides have shown that with a bit of momentum and a bit of confidence and a unity and a, you know, a bit of ruthlessness as ultimately as well you can achieve it's not just about watching the so-called bigger four well bigger six as they probably are now um, yeah. go about the business and wipe the floor with everyone because we're not, we're not going to do that you know as you said to me the other day on the phone you said I like the way we're sort of going about our business and just uh, winning and recruiting players and you know obviously the transfer window wasn't as great as everyone thought it was going to be but in terms of the squad where we are now when you look at the bench we we are you know this time 12 months ago we're a lot better off um, totally I do certainly think that we are going about our business tonight would have probably shown us Everton are actually a good side put it this way no one in the Prem are going to look forward to playing Everton are they Middlesbrough aren't going to look forward to coming to Goodison on Saturday but as you said, I just hope we don't balls it up and it's a disappointing draw. But you you need to try and keep the faith and keep the yeah. momentum and keep the positivity rolling over. I totally agree. I totally believe in, in what Ronald Koeman's trying to do with that team. And now, this is see, now he's, he had a plan. He, he signed the players, maybe not all of them that he wanted, but he's got enough of them in, I think, for now. Um, now he had a plan. Now he's got the results behind him. And, and we know what that can do to teams. They've now got belief in the system. They've got belief in, in what the manager's telling them to do because they're seeing the results on the pitch. You know, it's a stunning start to the season. I thought the point at home to Tottenham was a really good point against a you know, really excellent Tottenham team, aren't they? They, they showed again at the weekend in Stoke. Uh, I know we're going back, but, but I, they've, I thought they've got, yeah, they've got there was that nothing good. wrong with Everton that day. Yeah. Second half, we tired a bit, but that was it. Um, and and that's, that, that set us on our way again. And then we, we've done the day team. We beat Stoke 1-0. We didn't get the will for that last season watching Shaqiri lob Buddy Howard from 40 yards. You know, and stuff like that. 
with a good delivery. But now small we changed steps. it against West Brom. Changed it against West Brom. A losing position to a winning position, which was the first time we'd come back from a losing in, in God knows how long. Don't so, forget. It's all great. A morale boost on winning a cup. And yeah. Successive clean sheets now with the 4 0 or 3 now. Do you know what I mean? We've scored seven. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and conceded none in the last two games. So these these are all things that and, we need And to... also, we haven't even touched on Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> well, we can now. he's a big item to touch on, <laughs> especially with his private jets. But... <laughs> so Barkley went off. We don't have to go off on a tangent. Mate, we've got... we... we've ended up on yeah. Queen's Drive here, mate. Well, everyone thought we were going to talk about the Sunderland game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, before we actually took the lead tonight, though... Ashley Williams made an important block from Jermaine Defoe. Uh, Lamine Kone, ironically, which, you know, we, we were so close to signing him, apparently, point-blank save from Stecklenburg, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, shortly after the, the restart, to be honest, and we thought, here we go, is it going to be one of them? They did have chances did. before we they absolutely did. ultimately started to take the piss. We do continue to, to sort of look not as strong as we can do from corners. You know, we, we still West Brom scored every time. But Coney there, yeah, it was a... Maybe he should have done a little bit better, but Stackenberg was equal to it. He's been all season so far. Again, a little gem of a signing that's now looking more and more important for us. Mm. You know, dead eh? <laughs> well, yeah. I, like, I said to you about um, Lamine Coney, though. Yeah. If they signed him, right? Who's starting there at centre half tonight? And you said, well, Jack Elker would be bombed out probably, and you'd be Kone and Aston. This is a whole new defence at centre half. Yeah. It? And so is that always the best? I don't know. I know. It's, it's, you think to yourself, well, I don't know, because Funes Mori has been taken yeah. out the equation. Mason Hallgate, you know, I know he's been playing number th- maybe a th- yeah. three at the back at the centre half, but he obviously sees a vision for it. Um, Cumin and we wanted Kone, didn't he? That was made public, but we never got him. But he looked all right tonight, but I think, as you said before, Lukaku got the better of him, didn't he? I think so. I think Lukaku's been... I don't know. It's Ever since them comments about, you know, when he said it, it was bullshit in the press, what, the, what they've been saying about him and all that, I think the guy, for once, and it was fantastic to see he looked angry tonight, to be honest. He looked uh, at a show. Well, let's talk about his first goal. Yeah. Oh, and can we start the address again? Well, I think we need a, I think we need <laughs> half an hour on address again. Um, what do we call them? I call him address again. I, I call him Ghana when I'm mad with him. It's like your mum calling you your middle name and she knows you're upset with him. But I'm never mad with him. The guy's different gravy. He's probably still. He's, he's, he's like he's, he's like all my favourite midfield players rolled into one. He's Joe Parkinson. He's Dakar. He's, he's he's a bit of Bracewell. He's, he's a bit of Reed. He's like all. I just I absolutely love the guy. A bit of Segundo Castillo. A bit of Castillo. He's probably running home from Sunderland now. <laughs> probably, like like Superman running alongside the train. Let's have I, a word on him then. I want to talk about him, right? What he's top drawer, isn't he? He's top. He just. He's backed his performance against Spurs up with another four performances. I think I think he hasn't dropped below nine all season. I'm not even being over overzealous or carried away. I, I don't think he's dropped below nine. I think he's been fantastic. But it's what it is. It's like he was a good player at Villa, but realised where he was, and now he's only he's waited for that big move to show how good he is. Can't say ask at Leicester. I know Leicester, but it was a big move for Can't say coming to the Premier League, and it's that type of. God, he looks absolutely irreplaceable. His desire to get around the pitch. Look at you know the chance he's taking off Lukaku. 
and I'm trying to score. He, he's wanting to make an impact. He's got so much more to his game than, than say McCarthy has. You know, I think but it's 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 what what separates the the great players from no good from the the great is the way great. And I think he's got it, mate. He's just irreplaceable. He puts you think about all of the you know central midfield players that I've had over the years. Yeah. We haven't had a lot of creative central midfielders. No. Um, I thought tonight just a guy showed a lot more going forward as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, a he desire. was able to take the ball 30 yards away from Stecklenberg's goal. Yeah. And he was willing to end up 30 yards from Sunderland's goal as well. But like he had a few efforts himself, didn't he? Yeah. And he took he, he robbed that chance off Lukaku, don't forget. And he's in a better position, I'll shoot. Yeah, or I've created this opportunity. I'll score. But that, sorry, Mark, that tells me he wants to dominate games. He wants to make his mark on games, which is what we haven't had. With, and I'm not picking on James McCarthy, but he's just not that type of player. He wants to be box to box, whereas Gareth Barry's happy to mop up. Oh, Gareth Barry's got a goal in we, we We know that maybe 10 years ago, Gareth Barry had more to his game, but he's not. He's sitting back more. He, you know, he's willing to take the ball. To be honest, every game goes through Gareth Barry. He's the master of it, but it's just a guy is showing all the makings of an even better player. Now, that's not even us getting carried away. Now, this kid looks the real deal. What and I sense. sat there tonight, and he set up the first goal, which was just, a, even if he hadn't done that, he'd give him man of the match at half-time. <laughs> I would, just because of the touches he's making, the vision, the breaking up of the play, he makes it look so easy, no Mark. Like you said during the game, he's almost like he's taking the piss. It's yeah. like it comes that naturally to him to to be in the right position. Let's not, you know, let's have it right. He, his positional awareness is fantastic. He's always there. He's he's never out of position. You never see him. Well, okay, apart from the opening day of the season, you never see him lunch. You never see him out of position, scampering back. He's always there to mop up. I think him and Barry complement each other fabulous. He rarely covers the ground, and there was a, a noticeable period in the game. Obviously, when we, we you know, we, we we were battering them at one point, wasn't he, for this, a 15-minute spell, 20-minute spell. But yeah. he seemed to be everywhere. He was left-hand side of their penalty area. He'd be covering it right back, and I'm thinking, oh, I, to, I can't even run the offy <laughs> without blowing out. I mean, this kid's running out of pitch, but fair enough, he's getting paid a lot of money to do it. Like, look... And he's about half my height and, and weight. <laughs> but honestly, no, it's refreshing. But it is refreshing. I think everyone who's listened to this, everyone who's you know since we signed the kid, everyone was going, you know, who is he? Who is he? And I, mean, I didn't really get much feedback from Villa fans when I asked. Um, it was just one of them. It was like we brought him in, but he's a real find. <laughs> We're only a few games in. You know, all signs are great. I'm not going to say he's going to flop the rest of the season, but this this lad just carries on doing the simple things. He's absolutely he's running the game now yeah. by doing the simple things. It's yeah. amazing, really. It's, he's controlling it by keeping it simple. Yeah, it's just really unbelievable to see how well he's settled into that team. He's just come right in, looked straight at home right away. His energy boundless. I never told you to love a player like that. I absolutely love it, and it's just great to. To see a player um, just wanna want to dominate games. That's what he wants. That tonight I think we've seen a that's arguably his best performance. And they they've all been worldies, let's have it right. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm no, not. I, just, I, I can't. I, I can speak all night about it. Just again, if I had the missus, he would be sleeping with her. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there um, against Spurs, I thought this lad is really impressive. You know, could be a one-off. We've all seen players come in and have a great debut, but he's backed it up and he's backed it up, but he's backed it up, but I'm not. He's just not. He doesn't seem the type to be like a. You know, a Pogba who wants a bit of flair and act like a bit of a divvy. Or <laughs> other players who want to be the centre of attention. This lad just wants to be in the team, work hard and drive the team forward. And I, I do believe, you know, with that creativity as well that he's shown tonight, Ross Barkley and, and the sort of formation, how, how Koeman sees it. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's going to start with Morales, Balassi and Delafoe all on the same pitch. No. For one minute, am I going to say that? Or... Ross Barkley's role as a creative player, it, you know, and Lukaku up front. It, does he see, well, actually, we've got the safety buffer of Gareth Barry. We've got a dressing in front of him. Yeah. Can we afford to maybe play two or three wider players and then alternate? Because let's be honest, Dunafold Barkley, uh, Dunafold Morales and Balassi will all alternate wings. Yeah. As would Aaron Lennon, they've asked as well. Spot on, got it nailed on. I think. Now the back door is shut. <laughs> we can do what we want at the front. And, the, and we've got such good players in them positions if they're up for it. I'm still disappointed by Morales a little bit. I just don't think he's the one who hasn't quite done it yet under Koeman. And I hope he does. I will be patient because Koeman clearly rates him. But um, to add that security at the back, we've now got you know Ashley Williams again. People are saying, I'm not I'm not thinking back now, thinking that window was as bad as people said it was. Well, just yeah, I think, but, just the know, way done Ashley Williams, yeah. he, I thought he was outstanding. Again, that. more much like Gway. No fuss, no messing. Just just done his job right there. You know, how he blocks his his his, his communication is first class, you can see why we've signed him. You know, he knows the score. We just look. We don't look susceptible anymore. To, to them ridiculous goals that we were conceding last season. It's, it's clearly going to take something special to break us down, I think, with him in the team. We haven't conceded a goal, actually, while he's been playing for us. Is that a stat? That's a stat. Off skateboard, so it's wrong. Blame them, but, yeah. But, <laughs> as a, you know, as a, let's, let's be honest, Leighton Baines yeah. re-emerging this season, Martin Stecklenberg coming in, yeah. looking like a real deal in goal. Yeah. He's not done not anything wrong. Nothing. Seamus Cullen, but come back into the side tonight looking good. With Ashley Williams and Phil Jagielkin in between them, that would just instill and, and, and you know power through confidence in itself. Just incredible the, experience and, and rawness to the game, which, yeah. as you said, we probably lacked. Um, you know, the past two or three years, we've brought in Funes Mori, to be honest, he can be a bit erratic, but he's a yeah. big money signing, he's a young lad, we had John Stones there, yeah. we've had, you know, we've had players come and go in that position in the, in the past few years, your less cotton, what have you, yeah. Jack Elk has been the mainstay, yeah. yeah, not everyone's cup of tea as a captain, not everyone's cup of tea as a defender, he's certainly my cup of tea as a player, but I, I, I've got to admit, I love Jack Elk, but you could see, Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can see in his game how he's benefiting from playing with Williams yeah. as well. They're, they're both, at the end of the day, they're both seasoned international players and seasoned Premier League players. Yeah. As is Leighton Baines now, probably Seamus Coleman. So that back four hopefully will now be the settled back four. Yeah. I have to admit that, you know, as much as I'm an admirer of Mason Hallgate and I think Funes Mori is maybe one for the future and Brendan Galloway's maybe, yeah. you know, he's out on loan at West Brom. I do think for the here and now, and we've discussed yeah. it before, getting Everton back, points on the board and up the table, that's what we need. We Absolutely. need that settled back five, shall we say. Yeah. Martin Stecklenberg's obviously. He, he, there's no no dislodging him at the moment. Star jump in his life, <laughs> but I think you're right. I think it's time that that back four now we started cashing in on that experience. Now they're all well versed in, in Premier League football, aren't they? They're all, they've all been around the block, and like you say, Ashley Williams came here with no airs and graces. Came to, he was coming here to learn, and he you know been arguably one of the best centre backs in the Premier League the last two seasons, and he was coming to Everton to learn. So. But Jack Yelka will have respect for him and they'll have respect for Jack Yelka. There's no weak link there at all, is there? You know, so it's like... And, and we've seen Ashley Williams come on a sub, didn't he, in his, against, um, forgive me, at home. West Brom. West Brom. And um, was screaming. I don't think he'd even got in his own position. He was screaming on as a Jack Yelka, which I thought was, was fantastic. But the, thing, the, the thing is, Mark, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's... I'm, I'm right in any stretch here, but when we signed him, I said... It's not a long-term thing. No, it's, it's horses. So, Jack Yelkin and, and Ashley Williams, if you can sign Ashley Williams for nine, excuse me, £9 million, pounds, um, it'll give us two or three years where we're going to get back up the league. Yeah. At the end of the day, right, um, it probably won't be, but you might be. we could be sitting here in, in two years' time. Um, Mason Hallgate's the number one right-back, or John Joe Kenny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mason Hallgate centre half, Romero Funes Mori still at the club and he's 28, 29. Yeah. And Brendan Galloway or Luke Garbutt is left back. Yeah. And they've brought in another keeper who's half of, you know, Martin Stecklenberg's age. You just don't know. But for now, we need that concrete base. Assur- yeah, we need the base. And that's what I said about signing Ashley Williams and I said about signing Yannick Balassi because there's no bedding in, bedding in period. Now, look at that performance tonight. Yeah. After 45 minutes, we were sitting here a bit panicky. Yeah. But, you know, we got the beers out in the crisp. <laughs> Balassi shot up the left wing. Williams but, kept it... kept it. Uh, and look at, you know, it's just a guy... It, 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 these are the things we're ever talking about. When we had that little panicky period in the transfer window, we were uh-huh. having a panic attack saying, oh, we're being linked with these, we're being linked with them. 
and we, we shared his big cold I know I made a few jokes myself yeah you know only Everton could end it with a loan and stuff like that but yeah ultimately I, I do feel like since we've been talking since May Mark since Cumin's been appointed Mishiri's been appointed in his role or come on board with his role I do feel like it's a, tr- a positive transitional and everything, everything's stepping in the right direction there's nothing to me saying oh they're bad habits do you know what I mean? People point the finger at the transfer market, but look at the squad now, look at the players that are there who are yeah. a natural fit. Different gravy, these are players. Kuman, when he came in, identified right away that the, the core of our team was weak. He, he noticed that the backbone was weak, so he addressed it, got Garner in, uh, got Ashley Williams in, and, but also we needed more physicality up front. And he got that with Balassi, which I, I love that sign, and he's going to come great for us, so we've seen it in the second half where where he's, you know, he got injured, but, but before that, much more like the Balassi uh, Palace that we all, that we, you know, that we all wanted to see. I thought, that's what human seen. He's quite clearly seen what the problem is with the team. No core, and now we got that core. It's had a very good goalie, that, you know, because he's not a name people reacted negatively to. Um, but he's, he's doing the job back there, doesn't matter who he is. And Williams with Gara, and now you've got the car who was already there. And the likes of Balassi, there's, there's, there's strength, pace, and power in every position. And, and that's what teams can't defend against, is pace and power. And we've got that all over the pitch. Have it all day long. Balassi down the left, Dalfo, Morales, Lukaku. It's, you know, when then a firing, there's not one team in that Premier League who's going to want to play us. Not one. I'm not, you know, it's that good. It is that good. I'm made up. So, you know, no one on Saturday. <laughs> Do you know what though, right? You, you're right though, because you, you look at it and you think, I, I don't know, with the, with the transfers and with Mishiri, I, I, I sound like a broken record when I say it, but I do think people are expecting these big marquee signings and fair enough, we may have to, we may have the dough to spend, yeah. but I think you still have to be realistic and I said it on a podcast before, I said about European football, the last two seasons we've finished in the bottom half. Do you know what I mean? Some players are looking at it and oh, I swear if I'm not going yeah. to Everton. Let me speak. Totally. Sorry. Only rest. Um, <laughs> I do think that in the long term it will come and Cumin said that in a recent press conference you know the aim is to get back to European football so we can attract the bigger and better player. Yeah, absolutely. And at, at the end of the day we've attracted players who want to come here who, you know, the likes of Liverpool and that might raise their eyebrows or other clubs and say, oh, you paid this for them. And, yeah. You know, Palace fans were probably a few saying, you've done this, West Ham fans laughing about Enna Valencia. But to, my, my memories of Enna Valencia when he first come to England was, I wanted him in Fantasy League because he kept getting the fucking points for us. So Great. he was doing something right for West Ham. He made that goal from about 30 yards. I, I would remember. not be surprised, right, if yeah. Enna Valencia is playing his part by the end of September. And he's, you know, come Friday night against Palace in our seconds. Yeah. You know, not the, not the next home game, but the second one. He's playing an effective role. I do feel that's where we're going with Everton at the moment. No one's signed to be a passenger. He's no. signed for a reason, to have an impact yeah. and to yeah. add to what we've got. And I, I do think that has that shone through tonight. And, you know, I do, I do really think... There is room for improvement in the market. There'll always be it, and and there's a demand out there and more pressure because of Everton with money and Everton with Ronald Koeman and paying Martinez to get rid of him and all that. But I do feel like there is a, a long term plan, 
I do feel like yeah. every transfer window will be part of that transition. It's not going to all happen overnight. As you said before, we're probably still, you didn't say grieving, but we're all still in sort of re- remission from yeah. Roberto Martinez's era because with so many highs followed by so many lows and then a bit of a high and a, but very lows in terms of the last 18 months, two years that he was there. It will take time to get over in terms of a squad, in terms of a fan base, in terms of financially, yeah. in terms of personnel. And I do feel like we're seeing that now. Um, tonight was, it's easy for us to say, you know, we would have drew nil, yeah. nil there, Mark. I would have still said the same now, you know. I'd still say the same, that I'd remain confident for the rest of the season. Yeah. And um, once again, we've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. We were going to talk the about the, the opening goal, but <laughs> it, was a, it wasn't just a guy that got us off on that conversation. It was. What a player. What can you just, say about that lad, though? No, just fantastic. But, but also, great desire, great um, quality, but um, great quality on the ball is what I wanted to say. That's what surprised me most. His quality on the ball is, was excellent. Like, I think he gave the ball away once, maybe, didn't he? But the ball in was was classic FIFA and <laughs> you know a computer game type goal. It was, it was a little thing, wasn't it? Beautiful goal, that simple, which personified quite the way he plays the game. Lovely ball in, but his desire to get into the box he wasn't looking to give it to Dalafo. He was, you know, Dalafo was there. I think if that's anybody else, they looked to find Dalafo. Um, but quite took responsibility. Seen, seen Lukaku was free, picked him up beautifully. You know the weight of the pass and everything. The ball in. And, and Lukaku, it was, you know, what a, what a player who, who's gone so long without scoring for us would want a free header six yards out and, and he buried it. Great header. And literally moments later, they had that chance again, didn't he, where Guy took it off Lukaku's toes. Christ, at this time, we, we just sort of just decided to absolutely kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, we got a cob on only being one up. So, yeah. And great, it was again, ball rolled into feet, wasn't it? Lukaku backing off, holding off Coney, had it done all night. And, but sort of Lukaku was trying to get in a position to get a shot off, and great, sort of bad, looked like he pushed him off the way, didn't he? He said, I'm having this. And I think he, I think he maybe just slipped a little bit towards the end, and, and, and he skewed the ball over. It, went, it was disappointing, but yeah. we kept going at it, didn't we? And then Lukaku moments later hit the bar, didn't he? Which, a, yeah. As we talked about that little battle with Lamine Coney before the ball into feet, it yeah. turned and he just hit it with the right foot, didn't he? And I sensed a, a big chance there when that when 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 that, that move was developing. The car could have been great all night with his back to, to goal, holding the ball up and like you say, just um, the confidence now. See, that's what you see the confidence that goal brings. And uh, great effort, unlucky to with the bar. But we didn't have to wait long for the second goal, did we? No. Not at all. <laughs> again, absolutely <laughs> fantastic um, ruthlessness from Everton, I thought, and for Lukaku second. But it was what was nice about this was we seen the Yannick Blassi of Palace. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I, I really want Blassi to do well. I was such a big fan of his at Palace. I know he was a one in five type guy, but I think he can do well. And it was great to see Blassi really contribute positively to an Everton goal. Wasn't Down it? the left. Down yeah. the left. Great set of pace. Great ball in. And then. Um, and Lukaku, the simplest finish, wasn't it? From six yards out, two knock, and it was game over. But again, that instills confidence, doesn't it? You know, Balassi, unfortunately, looks like he's picked up an injury there tonight, but he missed a few chances. He's put he's put that away at the end of Balassi's check, and there's Lukaku there. We're just watching um, some images of, of the replays here as well with um, Ronald Koeman 
yeah. hugging Lukaku, which is a nice image as well, isn't it? So and I like to see Balassi and, and Lukaku do a weird celebration any day over Coley and Lukaku doing a weird celebration. So you know, Garner guy setting him up for his first. Uh, Balassi with a bit of trickery down the left. Well, a bit of trickery. It was excellent trickery. Yeah. Um, and then Lukaku's second, and then the third goal, which we watched on the replay just before, and I didn't realise in real time how good that goal was. It just felt like a simple pass, but it was it was slick, interwoven passing. It was like one touch. Two absolute five-a-side masters there, yeah. Gareth Barry and uh, just a guy just pass, 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 bang through. And Lukaku putting the back of the net. So simple. Where was Next minute, the ball was 60 yards up the pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kirsty Gallagher, just come on here, mate. Let's have to take a break. Um, like, 60 yards up the pitch, and then he slotted it, didn't he? It was a great finish, but he did miss oozed. one like that against West Brom. He but did, but, but now two goals behind him, confidence pouring out of him, like me on Friday night. <laughs> with, with the Badoo chicks. <laughs> with the birds or the football, I was going to say. <laughs> with the. Oh, I, I wish. But uh, no, uh, superb finish. You want to keep us. It's always great when the keepers root into the spot like that. You know, stuff. So it was fantastic. Great, great goal. We could have had even more, though, after that, couldn't we? There was yeah. so many chances. Um, you could the list could go on. Obviously, there was a couple of changes later on. Balassi unfortunately had to go off. And yeah. Tom Davis come on. Hopefully, Balassi's not not too injured. Um, no, hopefully not, mate. Because I think that would put a tap. If he if if he's out for a few weeks, then it's gonna disrupt his own momentum that he's just got going there in that game. I mean, you know, Balassi was done, done great when he second half. He just looked like. Look like I think it was ever since the, the other song is that taking that song. He yeah, sort of took well to it, didn't he? Yeah, and, you know, it's just fantastic to to say it. Up. But you've got Balassi. There was other chances as well late on. Um, a couple of other changes. Well, well, Lukaku come off, didn't he? Yeah, well, because uh, Coney come on late on as well. But he looked like he was holding his calf, which is a worry, isn't it? I know, but then, I don't know, the body language when he came off suggested it wasn't too bad, maybe a precaution. Let's hope it was a precaution and nothing else. But, um, no, let's hope, let's just hope both of them are firing fit for Saturday because with them in the team, you know, we just look so dangerous. Nice to hear Moise uh, getting a bit of sticks sacked in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I've seen someone coming forward to sack him. <laughs> when he just appointed them, haven't he? But uh, no, that's what you want when you're away from home. You want empty seats in the crowd. You want the manager getting stick. You know, perfect away performance. <laughs> <laughs> you arse bastard. <laughs> no, but it was um, it was a it was a great end to the game, and you know, obviously, point points is what we want, and yeah. clean sheets is what we want after such a long wait. It was a definitely morale boosting. Absolutely. So, what we'll do, Mark, is have a little quick break and then we'll come back and preview Middlesbrough, yeah? Absolutely. Go on top up the gas and lecky. <laughs> we'll find some crisps we'll and bread. We'll get some more crisps and bread. No fancy studios here, as you can tell. <laughs> we'll be back in five minutes. See you in a bit. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Everton Fan Focus podcast. We've calmed down now after that exciting victory tonight. We have. And we're going to look at any other business and we're going to discuss the Buddha game on Saturday. Which is at half five kick-off. I could have half seen you up and to know, Mark. So all I can see is this tanked up supporters going into the ground. 
<laughs> all you need is a bad referee decision on one minute, and that crowd's going to be like like, 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 <laughs> like rabid dogs during the thunderstorm. Yeah. So like, that's I love even kickoffs like the, that. The good dog, the half hard games are yeah. Saturday, aren't they? The non, you know, and, and, and I think there's always a nice thing. I I always feel nice when I know the rest of the world is watching because that's the only game on at that time. The, you know, the Premier League is shows a lot of people. Go to anything to get a neck, you won't you? It's all in the neck, but I think uh, you know everyone will be watching us. It's another chance for us to to show how good we are, and and you know let's face it, there's every chance we can go top. Maybe I don't know if results go our way. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean we're now talking cap parties in the break officially, <laughs> aren't we? If we go top Saturday night, we're gonna have to start hiring a boozer here to do these. <laughs> we are, mate. Can't be coming round be flat all the while, but uh, no. Again, a very winnable game. Let's hope we can do it. But, you know, Middlesbrough are doing okay, aren't they, really, to be honest? They're not doing too bad. Um, got some good players in the game, though, up front. But um, apart from that, I think we just need to keep our momentum going. And uh, we, we look unstoppable there tonight, didn't we? That's all we carry on on Saturday. To be honest, you know, it's a, on top of the, the, the start we've had, if you want to keep your momentum going, yeah. at half five, kick off against a newly promoted Middlesbrough. Is the perfect chance to do it. Absolutely. So, we, you know, we, we, we always doubt, have these doubts in our mind, don't we, as Evertonians, saying, oh, no, we'll mess it up and that. But even if they go and beat Middlesbrough 1-0, I think most of us would take it now. Absolutely. Would be, yeah, I mean, would you took a 1-0 tonight and 3-0 on Saturday? You know, it's just one of them, isn't it? I think it's another chance to, to show that this is a different Everton. You know, we're trying to constantly prove ourselves now from, um, from the Everton of last season. So, it's like, it's another chance to show that you know this Everton means business. Absolutely, definitely. I think you know looking at the fixtures ahead of that. Yeah, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but we no. we, we looked at Sunderland away and we looked at Middlesbrough at home, Bournemouth, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, and Palace. Let's be honest, Palace are no great shakes. Look at those games there in the next what the next three weeks. Yeah. You know, one of them's a Friday night game, which I'll see you down there for that. It's going to be that's going to be live podcasting from the roof of the uh, Gladys Street, <laughs> swinging from the lights on a Friday night as we stuff Crystal Palace. It's going to be ridiculous. Crystal Palace with his shit glasses. <laughs> I'm trying so to look like me. Yeah, trying to look like someone intelligent. I'm so looking forward to that game. <laughs> In all seriousness, no matter. Yeah. There's a real chance here, a real opportunity Absolutely. for everything. To keep this early season momentum going, and you know you, you're talking about going for top of the table. Well, why not? Yeah. If you keep keep winning, you keep getting up there, don't you? The, yeah. It's shown tonight another goal later, we would have gone second. So I know. You think to yourself, oh, they won't last, they won't stay there, but uh, you know, but like you say, all you can do is keep taking every game yeah. at a time and to try and keep winning, try and keep picking up points along the way. The likes of Cumin's gonna. Koeman as manager is going to want us to keep picking up them points and keep making changes in order for, for us to do it. He doesn't want to coast along yeah. and finish 7th or 8th. He wants to get us back up there. There's a fierce determination to do it. And this is where I, I tell you, where I said to you, um, that a good, you know, like, like I'm not the only person that said it, <laughs> a good manager can win you up to 15, 20 points a season, whereas a bad manager like Martin has cost us so many through lack of decision-making, you know, I don't want to keep going back to him, but he's the latest, so we have to sometimes. But this, this is where Cuban... Part of me thinks that you're getting a cut of his 10 million, because <laughs> you keep mentioning him that much. <laughs> I wish, mate, I'd be sitting on a better couch than this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
This is where Cuban is, is earning his crust. He's turned games around that, that you know, we would have lost at West Brom with the Martinez and we'd have maybe potentially, you know, not got as many points as, as what we've had. So it's just, I just, today again, you know, could have been a draw that, no problem. Tonight. But he's gone for it, he's seen that we need to win the game. And we, we won it so well at the end. I do hope that ruthlessness shows through against the likes of Middlesbrough and, and Bournemouth, you know, in the I coming do. weeks. I really do hope it does. And you know, that come that Friday night at Crystal Palace, we could have won the league by then. Right. Right. And, um, <laughs> no, we could you know, we could be though in a really good position even if you you, you beat Bournemouth and and you draw against Middlesbrough, you know, you you still you're still you picking up points, you're still remaining unbeaten, yeah. you know, maybe clean sheets and stuff. We do look a more organised outfit from top to bottom and it does speak volumes compared to last season where we, we sat here some nights, Mark, and we yeah. we questioned life, never mind. Ever. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this and that and why, oh, why. It was almost like, right, they're going to score, so we're going to try and score too, but at all costs. But even though that's not working... I'm not going to change anything. And even though it's not working, I'm going to come out and say everything's good anyway. Yeah. That, As like, an assessment, like, that's my opinion of Martin. Spot on. It was a complete nightmare. It was just like, you know, we're scoring goals in the 45th minute of the first half and going in, drawing. You know, because we've conceded a ridiculous goal at Watford. You know, that them types of goals. Now look, I think in the past, it is going to take a good goal to get past us now. I think, you know, we have conceded a soft goal West Brom and all that, and, and you know, but it's, I think now for the first time it's going to take something good to, to get past us. Could you look Williams and, and Jackson developing an understanding? Well, it's cliche, way. but you know, it's you, just you, you, win, you win games by having a, a solid defence, yeah, and goalkeeper, and a solid spine for the team and being hard to beat, yeah, but also having that bit of creativity and glamour about you, which I do definitely think Everton have got now. The stardust up front, it's not got it's not that bit of quality. You know, on its day, it's it's gold. It's absolute gold. So, what's what is stopping us exactly? No. So talking of stardust, right? A lot's been made of Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about it because it's been very relevant in the transfer window, even up until this week. Yeah. You know, we're talking about private jet. Every time he seems to go on international duty, which every Belgian these days it's seems written to into their contract, either them or the family or the agent seems to have a big mouth and, and doesn't shut up. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. I wouldn't say I was surprised to see Lukaku stay out in this season, but um, I was glad that he stayed because I do worry about how you replace that. Yeah, he's not everyone's cup of tea. We've sat here, you know, bloody blah. I'm not gonna bore everyone. I, I'm a big fan of Lukaku. I yeah, I've been signing on Twitter a lot, but um, I am a big fan of him. Ultimately, anyone who scores goals like that. For my club, I'm going to be a fan of them, regardless of their <laughs> yeah. attitude, regardless of maybe you know they're not the best toucher of the ball or whatever. Um, what up. do you think, Mark? Do you think he, you know, he's he's obviously said he'll, well, he's not obviously said. Apparently, he said he'll give Everton another year. Yeah. Do you say do you see him staying beyond that? And you know, if we, if we end up do finishing Europa League, places shall we say? Yeah. Has he got the ability to move on to an even bigger club? Or what that, well, I think that was a problem this summer. There was that no one really came in for him. The Tom Chelsea thing was a complete mess. He did say he, he, turned, he turned down a, a big offer from you, didn't he? Yeah, mate. He turned down or Everton. You know, I think Romelu Lukaku needs to get his um, 
it's, it's thinking straight here. It's not down to him. Everton have got him on a contract, a well-paid contract. And it's down to the club if they want to sell him, not, not wrongly Lukaku or his father or his agent, who, by the way, has gone very silent since Rice Hansen went over and had a few words. You know, it's not coming from his agent, it's coming from him. I, I think you're right. I think as long as he stays... As long as we get the Lukaku that, that wants to score goals and wants to, you know, make an impact in games and doesn't want to sulk, I could give a monkey's what he said in the press. As long as he turns up on that day and wants to score goals, then the rest will take care of itself. If we finish second or third, he's, he's not going to want to go anywhere. If, you know, we get, you know, we bought these players in to get us up the league, Williams, Balassi, uh, Garner and the like. If we get to where we want to be, it, it, I couldn't give a monkey's what he says in the press. I think as long as he's doing his job, which he's certainly done tonight, looked fantastic. Should have scored maybe seven. He could have scored seven goals tonight, and it, and and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a surprise. It was that good. I think he can say what he likes. I'm not asked. Um, as long as he turns up on a Saturday, you know he wants to be better. But then so do ever. So, you know, talking about that, we. We haven't got together. I, I missed you, the podcast on the, the end of the oh, season. Oh, yeah. Day. But, um, you know, Lukaku was one to stay. Ross Barkley was never a doubt that he was going to leave. No. There was a few others that we probably thought was going to leave. Yeah. Um, only Aidan McGeady did. Yeah. And scored a screamer for Preston. <laughs> um, but, in terms of being Cummins, there was a lot made, and I wanted to particularly discuss this with you. Not really sort of take it out with you, but I've seen... For me, what I thought was unwarranted negativity. Now, yeah, you know, cards on the table. I'm, I'm no big, big uh, fan of Bill Kenwright no. and, and the, the previous Everton ownership and Everton. You know, yeah, even some of what's going on currently with Robert Elston on the board, what have you, yeah. blah de blah. Uh, I, I did feel that you know the build up to that deadline day was maybe made into something that it was not going to be, and. I yeah. did think it was a bit of a, a false dawn and people need a bit of a reality check, which, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I want to see Everton with a big investor and spending big money, but I also want us to have this realistic approach and think, from top to bottom, as we discussed before, it is more of a transitional period and yeah. things will take time, you know, maybe two or three years we may have a new stadium. At the moment, we've got new players who've come in in the past six months, we've got a new manager, new staff. New setup, bit of yeah. new, new collabing on Goodison. Um, <laughs> things do take time, yeah. and you know, I I did feel that to towards the end of the last two weeks of the transfer deadline that a lot of the press were quick to criticise Farhad Mashiri. Yeah, but also a lot of Evertonians were quick to bang the drum about Ken Wright and Elstone being yeah. still on board, and finger pointed at that for our lack of transfer activity, but. Trying to be a bit more realistic in my old age and not as much of a stress head. <laughs> uh, I do feel like that the targets were there. Maybe one or two we you know we let slip, but we did sign ultimately three or four targets that we wanted. Ideally, we don't end the deadline day with a loan deal and a, and a young kid from Sheffield United because that doesn't get anyone excited. But yeah. I do think that realistically, the squad looking at that tonight, the bench there especially. We are in a better position, yeah. And I do think come January, if there's additions to be made or departures to be made, then they will happen yeah. because 
Koeman will more than, you know, nearly have, a, nearly have a year under his belt by then, a good 10 months, 8 to 10 months. Yeah. I do feel that will even be better. You know, if there's any changes to be made, there might not be. We might be flying high in first position by then, as you say. Absolutely. Um, I do think that, I'm, I'm, I've said this before, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I do feel like this time around we need to call for calm, be a, be a bit of realism. Yeah. Mashiri's on board for a reason. Joe Anderson's on board for a reason with the, the the stadium talk. There is positivity in the background that we don't know about. Yeah, I agree. Everton could be a bit more transparent, and there's people at Everton who probably still unwelcome with a lot of people, including myself. But I do feel like off the pitch, on the pitch, we're going places, and that's what sort of spared me on, uh, regardless yeah. of what happened with this deadline. So that's all I wanted to say about it. And I thought, I think you spot on. I I did. I did lose me that a little bit. The only thing I'm, I'm bringing that to issue, Mark, is because yeah. I saw a lot of what you said and other people, and I thought, you know what? Fuck off, because I want to... Yeah. The past few months, I've been building myself up to be excited. Yeah. And I know Everton are the ones who let us down, but I just don't think that some of the negativity is even... It's just not necessary at no, all. No, I get that. And I do get when we get beat or when things don't go our way that we all spit our dummies out on social media and we all yeah. fall out and have different sort of opinion I respect yours as much as the next man but I do feel that it's a it's a positive place to be as a supporter at the moment yeah the past you know I'm 30 years old the past 30 years where I've been as an Evertonian things have not been like this no. and I want to enjoy it yeah, yeah, and I from get a that. selfish point of view, that's that that's just my argument. So I completely respect your frustrations and opinions. Um I think but I really did want to take you to task over why you singled out yeah, Ken Wright and why you I singled why, out people why, who defended him. Why why are you sitting now though and say, looking at the well, squad, I think this was good and this is good. But a couple of weeks ago, it, on the face of it, you look like you were fuming yeah. and panicking. Yeah, yeah. I think what it was that sparked me off was Machiri coming in for criticism from Diaco, who've got the biggest cheek on planet Earth, after what they've let a previous owner um, get away with and not say boo about. Um, that's what got my neck up. And then also people questioning Machiri's um, desire. And I'm, this is why I got angry, because I got my faith back in, in Everton in the direction that we're going in. When when it was announced he was he was taking over, you know when he was the majority shareholder, my faith after so many years of absolutely spitting fire about what was going on at at the top level of Everton, you know ambition and and and, and lack of signings and, and no investment for Everton a day and 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 just watching that all over the park, steel match after match, I was, and it was it, that that's what got my my goat was the machete. After what six seven months is now coming in for all kinds of criticism, you know, and I believe Machiri wasn't impressed himself with the deadline with what was going on. So for Machiri to come in and, and get and get criticised like that, after we've witnessed, I can go from NCL, I can go King's Dock, which was the biggest, most unforgivable mistake. Well, uh, no, but I yeah, yeah, no, 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 but uh, we've done all that, and the guy still is highly thought of by a lot of people, and Machiri's come in. Done nothing but good things, if you ask me. Slow but steady progress is now coming in for unbridled criticism. And I, I just think it was completely unwarranted. And it was also, I seen it as a defence of the guy, the other guy. I, I, that's when I lost my rank. So, yeah. 
so that's so so what but now you've explained it so you see criticism of of the new shareholder majority shareholder stake in Everton as um, an endorsement yeah it's, it's almost like deflection yeah of, and it's also as if to say you know it was better before or I just you know I have an intense dislike for, for, for good reasons of, of our previous owner and uh, I just think any but he's still our owner isn't he really he is yeah but it is shares are being bought out if if, if Rumours to be believed, but I, I, I have such an intense dislike that anything that I perceive as as defence of what in my eyes is the indefensible, then I, I, I do lose me rag. And sometimes, you know, I'm sitting here in the flat, I will single people out and go, that's just ridiculous, but that's only my opinion. I shouldn't do it, you're right, because I, I, no, you should do it. I'm that's so your excited. opinion, I'm not but saying you're wrong, man. I think tonight has shown my own opinion. I'm as giddy as they come when it comes to whether I'm doing well. I'm as I'll, I'll fly up with the rest of them. I'm not. I'm not determined to bring, you know, to to put negativity out there forever. And I'll be sickly, as much as I am negative. I'll be sickly when I'm on positive. Yeah. No one. No one's saying it's the wrong opinion. <laughs> no, that's what. No one's yeah. saying it's the wrong opinion at all. And everyone has the right to vent it about it. I and mean, that's the beauty of being a football fan and yeah. a fan. The only reason I I I wanted to sort of discuss it is because. I just don't feel at the moment there's a there's a, a requirement for it. At the end of the day, Mark, you know you you know my views on the echo and yeah, yeah. right and other people like that, and you know you don't you when you when you basically state opinions on those type of people, you end up you end yeah. up segregating yourself. So loads of our fans, yeah, exactly. But I I don't want me to, myself to be like that or you and. Yeah. But Evertonians like the rest of people and I won't dismiss anyone's opinions. I'd honestly say that now. But yeah. I do really feel at the moment there isn't a room for negativity and I think we all need to strive together. And it might sound a bit cheesy. Think a, bit, completely a bit cliche, but I just think that there is there is real optimism at the club for once, you know what I mean? And we've talked about stadiums for the past fifteen to twenty years, but now we're talking about a stadium with the fucking Lord Mayor of Liverpool and I'm a rich billionaire who's yeah. bought into Everton and there's real promise for that. Never mind them with their main stand over in L4. <laughs> We're looking at a potential new. massive projects. We're bringing in a world-renowned name in Ronald Koeman. We're bringing in players who, yeah, they might cost 20, 30 mil at the moment, but what's that? What is that in terms 20, of... 20, 30 mil in this market is, now? Is, yeah. is 10 million two years ago. I really do think it doesn't matter to me. Like, 80 million on Yannick Balassi. I'm not the last. It's a big thing, but it's not my money. Do you know what I mean? People no. need to start realising that. Everton, I think Everton are going places. I really do think I Everton, for it. once in my life, and I'm a big neg- negative person as well when it comes to Everton. Yeah. And I'll take the piss as much as the next man and have a bit of have a, have a jar. To yeah. It. I really do think that we're going places, and I do think that, you know, there's a lot of people buying into this project, and it is a project. Completely agree. You know, my talks on on the past and and uh, are really where they should remain. The past. I'm sick of talking about it. To be honest, I, I just want to concentrate on a brand new Everton. But and it does feel like a new Everton. It's not a false dawn. It's not um, where I don't know where. But, you know, it just feels new. I can't describe it any better than that. Everything feels like we're pointing upwards now. We're looking to move on as a club. Uh, to and we do need. That stadium, I think, on the waterfront, you know, that is really the the, the one that's going to do it for us in terms of where we really want to go. 
Uh, but right now, like you said, I'm, I'm buzzing about Everton. It's great to feel like we've, we've got a proper team behind us now. We've got a competitive side. We've got a good manager there. And like you said, I'm manager, and, I, and, I, and it's come from the top for once, though. It's not, there's, you know, there's no acceptance anymore of, of oh, we're doing well or, you know, let's, let's lower our expectations. The expectations are going through the roof and the manager wants to keep them going through the roof. You know, it's like, that's what he wants. There's a drive behind that and that hasn't been there before. And I'm, I'm made up to say it because I know this giant, when it awakes, will take everyone with it. You know, but when we just need that now, so I just wanted to get that across because I'm not being negative. I just think Everton, when we finally get our act together, the rest of it will be sorry. But I think <laughs> it's 2016, and you know the Premier League's a business. Yeah, Everton football clubs a business. Yeah, from top to bottom, it can't be. Of course, you keep your values. You try and keep your values and respect and what have you, and. But yeah. it can't be people are just getting kept in employment because they've been there for years or no. they do a good job or they, it's Tony because he knows 40 people at the club. Yeah. We need success from top to bottom. We need ambition. Yeah. That's how successful businesses work. Yeah. I, you know, I'm by no means a businessman. I don't know nothing about the finances of a football club. But I'm no. in my opinion, I think if you want more on the pitch, you need more off the pitch. You Spot need on. it from top to bottom. Yeah. And that starts with the attitude from supporters as well. And I yeah. do think that we have a part to play massively. So I think what it is with Evertonians, we've gone so long now without success. It's just, it comes out of us naturally without us even thinking about it. Everton, that, you know, it, all that type of stuff. Um, there'll be people saying, watch us get beat on Saturday now. It's inbred in our mentality. I mean, that, that, that slowly but surely has to be squeezed out of our thinking because... That's not the Everton that, that this is going to be now. This is going to be an Everton where we're going to look to win. If we're 1-0 down against Borough, he'll, he'll make win. a change. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not going to... Like Andy Gray said, I think he said about the 84-85 team that they sort of kind of enjoyed it when they went a goal down. Because it was like a challenge. They knew they'd get back in it and win the game. There was an arrogance about it and that's what we want at Everton. We don't want plodding along nicely... Good solid home wins against fucking teams below us and then get beat by the top four. I think that seems well capable of beating anybody in the top four. Um, well, we won ourselves now. So, you know, like you said tonight, we were talking about winning four goals at Sunderland to go second and we gutted that we only got three. <laughs> this yeah. is the game that we absolutely got murdered in last season. Definitely. So, I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh, it's just great, isn't it? You know, we've all got... F- we've all got... No, I, it's just, I'm sitting here. Just, I think he's going to sing us out to a finish here. <laughs> feel like getting the carry on. You feel like that on deadline day, though, did you, lads? No, I'll let, the be- let, let it get the better of me, because I thought we were signing Suzuko and it went sits up, so... Didn't happen, did it, but... Hey, don't worry, you've got your man Balassi there now. Mate, Balassi. Yannick Balassi. Love it, mate, obviously. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Okay. Okay. I think, you know, oh, even, if, even, even if there's a couple of them out for Saturday, though, there's players to come in now, which is the beauty of a squad, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? You look at the, you look at the players there and you think, well, they'll struggle to get a game this season, that's just the FA Cup or the League Cup, but there's others you can step in for the likes of Balassi. Unfortunately for Lukaku, there isn't really many players that no. can step in unless you, but, you know, are doing a Kone. But, oh, but I think that's it, isn't it? The players, you, you get a chance on Saturday if there's injuries... Are gonna know they're gonna have to perform if they want to stay in that team. Exactly. You know, and they, they know now that the part of a winning team that team is second or third in the league. Sky are gonna have to do something miraculous with their top four graphic. They're gonna have to maybe just put one team in it to, to avoid putting us up. But you know, that's it now. With within the top four, we played four. Is it four games we played? Yeah. So it's you know in the league. Yeah, yeah. We we're now showing. The, 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 we're not to be messed with and players who come into the team know that they have to perform to stay in it so any other business um, any other business as, as we, we've probably covered it all anyway but it might the be cladding a, is taking its the time the cladding's taking its time it's but it's taking its, its time. place isn't it? I don't know I'll, I don't think they've got this I went past Goodison yesterday I think they've got the scaff or the crane on higher for like three hours at a time and then it goes down for three days or so I think yeah I think it's council work it's coming together now yeah I think they're like I think the guys doing it are like French air traffic control. They keep striking every ten minutes. Wait till Col- Coney scores a last minute winner on Saturday. All the cladding will pop off the side. So yeah. If only they put that. Booming. If only that cladding was there before they put that madness mural up. <laughs> but no. I'm going back to Martin as a Oh mate, I'm sorry. Five years deal for Ross Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Good, day, good business, wasn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. It was just uh, good to keep a player like that. The club just really hope Ross. Understands how good he is. He's I don't been taking he off. Has he not? I don't think so. No. You just said that like he had. No, no. Oh, they say I'm going to be sitting at home all day watching Twitter. I've got money to earn. I'm not out. You've got to be careful what you call him nowadays, apparently. But I'm not. Um, I'm not contract months. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I see, I see, I, I've stopped calling that now because I've seen a few people uh, get upset over his name. He's a solid bloke, by the way. But I think if he gets off on it, and we all like get called a few things on it. I do, mate. Mark normally, but you know it's not. Because <laughs> you walk around Kirkdale, I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> I, I love your shorts. I love Kirkdale, so it's all good. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the rumor, mate. That uh, he's going to get off. I think it's. Too, yeah. I think if he signs it, mate, then. Then all good. I just hope he fulfills his promise and and brings the player. Don't we? You know, for me, Ross Barkley, mate, should be looking to be Steven Gerrard. That type of impact for Everton. He, he's not quite doing it. Look at the way Ghana got all to the games. The Ghana, away, <laughs> got all to the game. Interested even got all to the game today. Was was we don't see that from Ross too often, do we? You know, Ross is the more dominant player. Absolutely, out of the two, you know, but. We don't see that out of him, so let's hope. You know, that Barkley should be aspiring, and I hate mentioning him, but he should be aspiring to be a Gerard type impact for Everton. 
He's that. He is that good. And but, you know, ragging him off tonight, it's not going to do his confidence. No, not. That chat, but then, that we're not here to mess about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, we're not here to keep personalities happy, which is the Everton of the past 20 years is maybe being like, like that. So. Absolutely, but if he's offended, then, then you're going to have to prove your worth next time you play. Yeah. You think you you think about that hurt about being hauled off and then put it into your performance, and that's what Cumin's so good at. He doesn't give a monkeys. Who he upsets? He's there to win games for Everton Football Club, and that's it. And that, that's what came to you tonight. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, how good did we look right from the way it go? <laughs> Second half. Buzzing, absolutely filled. So there we go. How many hours is that? Yeah, Eleven. <laughs> We've got work in like five hours. <laughs> We'll have to go anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's been an overall an enjoyable podcast, Marco, to catch up with you. And you, mate. We'll come back after the border game, and then we've got Bournemouth away, haven't we, and Palace at home? Is that we right? have, yes, we have. I think at the border game, we're going to try and do a bit of periscope at our time, and yeah. get some, uh, some lads uh, who I sit next to, happen to be family yeah. members, but we'll get them on, and uh, get their opinions live at the game. So yeah, there's that, um, yeah. a few... Um, a few little opportunities there for the Middlesbrough game. So, Mark and Ben, yeah, yeah. you can't miss them. They look like <laughs> Phil and Grant. Um, Andy, Sedo and Darren all look like they're going to be at the Middlesbrough game doing reaction fan cams. So, yeah, little short podcast here and there and that's what we're trying to introduce. Anyone who wants to get involved, obviously just get in touch with me or Mark and just uh, fire them over. All you've got to do is send us the MP3 clip. Um, this podcast itself is available on iTunes. We'll put we'll yep. we'll put the Apple products first. We will. We'll, well, because that's who we want to get on board with. <laughs> Hopefully they'll uh, you know sponsor us. Like uh, day job. If you go on iTunes podcasts, just search Everton Fan Focus. <laughs> uh, same with Acast. Acast is um, is downloadable on an app. Just search Everton Fan Focus on there. And thanks very much for everyone for listening, especially our. Our foreign listeners, which market unbelievably. Philippines, New Zealand, yeah, big shout out to them guys. As in Vietnam as well, and play and places far adrift. Costa Rica, I think I've seen me had listeners. It's if you can understand course. these Welsh scats, Scouse <laughs> accents, yeah. no, I really appreciate all the listeners and all that, and just hope you continue to enjoy us. Yeah, yeah. thanks very much. Give us some feedback, and um, we'll speak to you again probably after the Middlesbrough game. Take it easy, enjoy Blues. Thanks very much. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.